guys. Welcome back into another edition of Ball Seed Journal. The first round of the playoffs are finally in the books, all done. And today I have joining with joining me uh, my friend Abby, all the way from Boston. Abby, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. How about you? Good. How was that first round of the playoffs for you, man? Uh, dude, it was so exciting. I it, it, it's it was like a great like. It was great to be like a basketball fan in this first round. All the matchups were pretty. Most of the matchups were pretty good. Let's put it at that. Uh, I mean, we got a couple game sevens, and just earlier today, the uh, LeBron James put the Cavs on his back, and uh, they they pulled off an incredible win tonight or this afternoon. Yeah, man, it's pretty awesome, right? I feel like it's the first time in four years where basketball has been exciting in the early rounds of the playoffs. Usually it's just, all right, let's fast forward to the Warriors, Cavs in the finals, but it finally or, is exciting. Uh, not 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 Warriors, Cavs. It was uh, uh, Warriors, Warriors LeBron. and LeBron, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, 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 I'm pretty stoked. I felt like a lot of teams showed up. A lot of the younger superstars have really been doing their thing. You know, Donovan Mitchell. He is incredible. <laughs> the boys yeah. in Boston. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Brad Stevens is an amazing coach and just knows how to get the best out of his players. Yeah, man. And it's 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 good that the uh, it's good that they got a uh, a head coach from college with a very young squad because the the younger players don't have their ego set yet. So. Uh, Having a head coach from college, he knows how to deal with the younger guys. So I think it was a, like a really good fit to have him like during the remodeling of the team. Yeah, I definitely didn't expect this. You know, the Celtics to be able to pull out a win like that with the inexperienced squad that they have going right. up against the Bucks team that I think is much more talented. But it goes to show you that coaching really makes a difference. It does, and even in the uh, even in uh, this pat uh, the Thunder series, uh, I, I do think the coaching made a difference, and I, I just don't think the Thunder had the proper guidance in Billy Donovan to bring their squad together to uh, make a playoff team. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I feel like most most casual NBA fans don't really know anything about Quinn Snyder, or as I like to call him, the uh, NBA's version of a Bond villain. Yeah. But uh, he's he's really transformed this team. I remember all the way in the beginning, uh, before 2018, they were nine games below 500, and since then they've just been on a tear. And to go through a Thunder team uh, in six games, mm -hmm. who has arguably two of the f best seven players, and Melo, who's going to be a future Hall of Famer, I mean, it's it's incredible. So you really think Melo's going to be a future Hall of Famer? Well, remember, the Hall of Fame for basketball goes more than just your NBA play, right? It goes your international play. And we all know Melo's a great international player. Mm -hmm. It goes yeah. back to college. We know that he put Syracuse on his back to win the championship when he was there for the one year. And so I think Melo will be a Hall of Fame player just based on his other merits outside of, you know, the NBA. He also, remember, the, the Nuggets teams weren't that great. And he did take one of them to the Western yes. Conference Finals. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. But what do you, you know, speaking of Melo, what's your take on him, you know, after the after the loss, being asked if he's willing to take a bench position 
next year and saying, you know, I, I have a lot left in the tank. What do you think? Does he have a lot left in the tank? Uh, well, it clearly didn't look like it this year, but uh, who knows? He might he might be more motivated next year and come back like uh, come back like his regular self and or come back like a younger version of himself. Yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, it only time will tell. It's pretty incredible. I think just going back into a few weeks ago, uh, I had you know the Thunder moving on to the second round. I was like, you know, Paul George is going to show up in the playoffs. Melo, he's not the same Melo that he was with my beloved Knicks, but he's still talented enough to put up points when he needs to. You know, Russ is top five. Russ is Russ. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Russ is Russ. But they kind of fell apart, and now I'm starting to question what the future of this team is going to be. You know, uh, with Paul George, uh, with this looming free agency, where do you think he's going to end up? Yeah, uh, it's definitely an interesting question. Paul George is... I really don't know where he's going to end up. Uh, it, I, I have a feeling it's going to be a 50-50 shot that he stays in OKC or leaves to uh, Los Angeles, or uh, the Lakers to be specific, uh, because that's that was his intention going into the past year, I mean. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, man, it would be devastating for the... OKC fans to see two elite talents leave, you know, five years apart with KD and now probably Paul George. I, I think it's going to be tough for him to come back. Uh, and the reason I say that is I love Russell Westbrook. I love how he plays. I think his fire is only secondary to some of the all-time greats in the NBA. But I think the way he plays, the the way he has a one-track mentality that it's it's you have to play Russ, the Russ way. There's no other way to play but the Russ way. I think that that kind of rubs superstars off in in a bad way because you know guys like Paul George back you know he he got he became a much more uh, one-sided offensive player this year. I felt like he wasn't as aggressive going to the paint. We saw that in the playoffs. You know oh, yeah. he only really had two good games, and those were the games that they won. Right, I completely agree, and. Uh, just yeah, like the in game six, he had five points in like what forty something minutes, and he had sixteen shots. So like yeah, two for sixteen. Yeah, he he had his shots from and like Russ does get you like Russ does get you your shots. He it's not like he's like a complete ball hog, but yeah. yes, he does need to revamp his style of play in order to sort of keep other superstars around because I, I just don't th- he, he's a very ISO heavy player and uh, just having other established players try to adapt around his game is kind of challenging and I think the problem with it is it's okay if you're an ISO heavy player if you're not the primary ball hand but Russ you know grabs the rebound from Steven Adams as people say you know he's just trying to He's just trying to pad his stats and try to get the triple doubles, break some records. And Steven Adams clearly doesn't care, but he rushes up the court and then he takes these long two pointers. But no one ever, no one else ever touches the ball on offense. And you know, game six he had what forty three shots. That's absurd. A point guard should not have forty three shots. I don't care how good, how many triple doubles he's gotten. You know, the last two years, the fact that he took forty three shots. I know he tried to put the team on his back, and he was the only one really doing anything. With I think Melo only put up. You know, Paul George, like you said, had five points, and Melo had like seven points. I mean, these guys were non-factors. Yeah, exactly. And 
it's not what you want to see, obviously, from like two super, from like two superstar caliber players, and uh, yeah, something either the coach needs to change or uh, just something has to change in that team. Yeah, I, I mean, it's gonna be really sad because I think Paul George will ultimately leave, uh, breaking the hearts of a lot of OKC fans. I think Russ is gonna need to reevaluate what his legacy is gonna be. Right? I think. Right. If you're talking about this guy who's, you know, triple double machine, probably gonna break the all-time record for triple doubles without yeah, breaking a sweat at, at this point. At this rate, yeah. Uh, kind of, what what is he gonna be able to do? Is he always gonna be this guy who gets all these stats but is never a winner? Mm. Yeah, it's. Uh, well, right now that's what it's looking like. But uh, again, he, he's still like. I feel like he's still got like a lot more to, uh, a lot more years to play and try to show that he is a different sort of player. So he's got he's got time to change those sort of habits that uh, is costing him sort of uh, is costing his team like wins in the playoffs. Although I would have to say, in his defense, he's the only guy that kind of consistently showed up for the Thunder. Maybe his shooting percentage wasn't great. And, you know, he was a little bit afraid of going into the paint because Gobert was there. But right. he took a shot. You know, game five, he put them on his back. He, he he and Paul George as well really led that 25-point deficit comeback in the third and fourth quarter to help yep. them ultimately win. I think, you know, the fact that they couldn't get it done in game six is a tribute to uh, the fact that I think Paul George just didn't come to play that day. Gotcha. Yeah. He did not. And I'm, I'm kind of interested to see what happens with Melo, too. You know, he's uh, got an opportunity to opt into his contract, which everyone thought was a sh- shoe-in. Now that mm-hmm. he's being potentially asked to come off the bench, uh, he's saying that he's going to have to evaluate his prospects. I, I don't think he's necessarily going to get more than, I think he's got like $28 million on his contract or $27 million on his contract next year if he opts in. I don't think he's going to get a contract that big from anywhere else, especially because he had a down season. Right. But I wonder if he's going to, take a little bit less money to join someone uh, like his, you know, banana boy brother and, Paul, uh, and Chris Paul and go down to Houston. Yeah, uh, that would be, I, I think that would be hilarious, actually. Why that's do you just, say that? Because that's just how the NBA is nowadays. Just everyone's just going to go to the, the superstar teams and try to get their rings. And I, I just, it's just, it's just funny to see how much it's the league has changed in the past like twenty years. <laughs> do you think it's it's good for the league, or do you think it's bad for the league? I I mean I initially thought it was pretty bad for the league until like this year, where even though like it's happened in the past, where like these super teams are forming, it's sort of. It sort of gets other teams. It, it sort of gets other teams to sort of want to become better too, and it's there are several ways that happens nowadays. It's tank and just try to wait for the next big thing, and or uh, just try to sign as many superstars as you can, and that's just what it is nowadays. Yeah, it doesn't hurt if you have a superstar that people want to come play with. You know, I feel like that's what happened yeah, with exactly. KD. He wanted to go and play with uh, 
I went to go play with Steph and Clay and Trayvon, and then we saw what Chris Paul decided to go and join James Harden. Uh, you know, I think uh, if Melo ends up doing that, he may have to take another step back in his in his th- the way he plays his game, and maybe people will think he's washed. But uh, I think Mike D'Antoni may also be able to get the most out of him. I know they had a pretty bad divorce back in New York, so I, I don't know if he's ready to buy into D'Antoni's system anymore. But if they are able to patch things up, maybe Melo could go there and be a contributor. I don't know if Houston really wants him though, because they're really on fire right now. I forget. Was D'Antoni still? D'Antoni was the coach when like Phil Jackson was like president, right? Uh, D'Antoni was not the coach. So when Phil Jackson oh. came, it was Derek Fisher. Okay. Or maybe D'Antoni was there for like the very end of it, but it wasn't a very large overlap. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. But speaking of uh, legacies and talking about, you know, you were bringing up the Cavs a little earlier. Uh, what do you think about LeBron and everything that he's done this first series? It's he's a, a special player. Let's 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 leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, man. Now thirteen and zero in uh, first round series. First round series. He broke Scottie Pippen's record for most uh, most steals in NBA playoff history. He played right. eighty two games this season. Um, you know, it feels like this guy just keeps breaking record after record. Yeah, uh, he just keeps going. He's like the Energizer Bunny. I know, I know, but what do you think about him getting tired at the end? Yeah, in the fourth quarter, he sort of uh, got those cramps again, which I, I don't think it's going to be anything serious just because of how good he takes care of his body. I, I, I know he might, like... There must have been, like, some reason why, like, uh, it, it happened that game specifically. But he, he he does take, like, really good care of his body. And moving forward, it, it will be something interesting to monitor. But I don't think it will be anything serious to deter him from, like, the way he plays. Yeah, I think this is the first time I've heard him say, I'm tired, though. He was at the post-game conference, and they're asking questions, and he's like, guys, I'm just tired. Can I go home? And it's kind of scary to hear LeBron say that. I feel like, you know, there's really nothing. It feels like he's beaten father time, at least till now. And now he's coming out saying he's tired. He's been playing a lot, a lot of minutes. He got some rest at the end of that game six when they were getting blown out, where he didn't play the fourth quarter at all. But otherwise, he's putting, putting in 42, 43 minutes a game. And today he was mouthing to his family. He was like, I'm going to play the whole game. And unfortunately, he wasn't able to do so. But I don't know. Is the, is the playoff get deeper? Is this Are we going to see LeBron fatigue and it's going to take a take a hit in his uh, statistical, you know, the way he shoots or the way he stays aggressive and attacks the paint? Uh, it, it definitely will affect uh, the way he attacks the paint just because uh, w- when he's in the post and he's getting bodied, it takes so much energy just to – try to body back so it definitely tires him out and like in in this in the in this past game the the way the Cavs were getting buckets in the beginning was when LeBron was aggressive and uh just posting up every play uh and it it just takes a lot out of him but yeah it's like I said it's gonna be uh he needs to he needs to keep just being aggressive uh, in, in order for them to 
make it farther into the playoffs. And yeah, it's he's he's going to get tired. That's just the nature of the sport. But he just he needs to just dig deep, and I think he can. Yeah, the silver lining of all of this is when he was sitting in the fourth quarter. We finally saw Kevin Love and uh, George Hill finally contributing to. You know, they pulled away. They, I think the game was pretty close, and then they were able to stretch the lead out to 10 points, and LeBron got a few more minutes to rest, and then exactly. ultimately ended up coming in around the seven-minute mark. But he, he got he got five extra minutes of rest. Yeah, George Hill, man. Who, wow. He, like, not playing, like, most of the series and coming in, like, like at, in the second half and just doing what he did. He, like, that, that, that was a pretty impressive, like, set of minutes that he put together yeah he didn't even play in the first half he only came in in the second half with his back spasms i think he hadn't played since game two yeah and also tristan thompson man he came to play too that, that was also uh good to see for the Cavs. yeah the first six games i think he had a total of three points and six rebounds or something crazy like that and then yeah. today he had 14 points 10 rebounds and that block that ultimately sealed the deal yeah yeah, that block was nice. <laughs> so I think, are we seeing this surge of uh, the Cavs that we normally see during the playoffs? Or is this just an anomaly and starting next series against Toronto, they're going to relegate back to if LeBron doesn't put up 45, they're not going to be able to win the game. Yeah, I mean, I hope it's not an anomaly. It's just because I, I like to see a good series in the Raptors-Cavs. And uh, I... I, I just hope these other role players uh, can give LeBron some help. For sure. Yeah. I, I, you know, I uh, I think that although LeBron's going to sleep like a baby tonight because he works so hard and he's been playing so many minutes, uh, I know two guys um, in the country to the north that aren't going to be sleeping much until the series starts. I think Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan having some nightmares about all the years that they've been going up against LeBron in the playoffs and now they got to do it again what do you think their chances are yeah uh, I mean I I like the Cavs chances to be honest uh, I just think they have a better uh, I, I just think they match up much better against uh, the Raptors and I just think they the the Raptors haven't really changed much as a team like, like their core is still very similar and I think the Cavs sort of know how they play. And I feel like they, I feel like it's going to be a great series, no doubt. But the, the Cavs will probably take it. You know, that's surprising you say that. The, although the core has stayed the same, the Raptors have worked really hard throughout the season to kind of change their identity. They used to be this same, you know, isolation, ball-heavy team. But over the last year, I have to give a lot of credit to Dwayne Casey. He's gotten these guys to buy into this uh, pass-first, ball-movement kind of offense. And it's ultimately what led to them being the first seed in the, in the regular season in the Eastern Conference. Right. But just from the, the first-round series, they I, I, I thought they would, they would have a much easier time with the Wizards uh, with all the problems the Wizards were having like internally. Um but I, I don't know. They just didn't really look like the number one seed right now. And we know that they're going to have some yips just starting the, the, the game against the Cavs. They're going to see LeBron yeah. on the other side of the court. And 
you know, hopefully they're not going to have to run away to the bathroom and, you know, get nervous and stuff like that. Yeah, hope not. <laughs> yeah, I, what, do you, what do you think about the uh, belt, uh, the, the Bucks Celtics Game 7? Yeah, I know you're in Boston, and I know people love Boston sports. I, I feel like Boston, as much as Boston won the series, I think the Bucks lost the series. I think the Bucks. Um, were out coached, of course. Um, not that their coach didn't didn't. I forgot his name. What's his name? Yeah, Joe Prunty. Joe Prunty. I don't think he didn't do anything. I think you know adding uh, Don McCarr to the starting lineup was a good move. Wait, I, wait, 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 wait. Pronounce that again. McCarr. Like McCarr. I think that's how you pronounce his real name. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's not Don Maker. Nope. Oh wow. Yeah, exactly. You learn something new every day, man. Yeah, man. Or, or, or I'm just being pretentious and I'm calling him Makar because I think I'm cool. I mean, I've literally never heard that presentation <laughs> with the uh, announcers. But <laughs> yeah, well, you know, sometimes uh, the casual fan knows a little bit more than the announcers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyways, you did a good job kind of integrating Jabari, who he didn't play much in the beginning, and, and, and Thon, I'll say like you're, you, you guys, Maker, into the team and having them buy in. Malcolm Brogdon was a big, was a big good asset. I just yep. felt like they, I, I felt like Giannis could have done more. And I, sometimes I feel like Giannis needs to channel his inner LeBron because he did it in the beginning of the season. He was ridiculous. People thought yeah, he was going to run away with the MVP. And, uh, I really thought so. <laughs> and in this series, I feel like there were times when he kind of shied away from the spotlight. He would just pass the ball away from him instead of just going to the paint. And I don't, yeah. I don't want to blame him for their them losing the series, but I don't know. I just felt like the Bucks had that. I had the Bucks winning in six, and I. F- yeah, I think I did too. And I, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed in, in the effort from the team overall, particularly Bledsoe, who I thought was a lockdown defender, and you know, time and time again got embarrassed by Rozier, who's a great young player. But I mean, you're talking about Bledsoe, who people think should be in the conversation for all defensive team. Or at least one of the best, you know, guard defenders getting abused by a backup. Right. Yeah, it's it's sort of similar to uh, like Paul George. Uh, he got he was getting embarrassed by Donovan Mitchell like all series. And is, is Paul George up for um, all defensive player? I mean, he he probably will be in the conversation. Um, because I think overall people think he's a great two-way player. I think ultimately this year, if he's not on the all-defensive team, I don't think it'll be that much of a shock. Uh, but also, you're missing a guy like Kawhi, who would be a perennial all-defensive player, who's not going to be getting that award. Yeah. Speaking of Kawhi, what's uh, what do you think is happening with him? Man, this it's a rough situation. I can't even as a sports fan, when you watch your team get beat up that bad game after game after game and I don't know if he's healthy enough to get on the court uh, you know the doctors say that he is and he's reluctant to do so I know he's playing for his next uh, paycheck because he doesn't want what happened to IT to happen to him but you know I I can't imagine him just sitting there and watching his team and like having having that sit well in his stomach and I I know if I if I were him I would do everything in my in my uh everything that I could do to get back on the court to help my team out. Yeah. I mean, after this year, I, I really don't know what's going to happen with the Spurs. Like, is Pop going to stay? 
Ginobili is probably retiring. Uh, maybe maybe Tony Parker goes too. That's a like the San Antonio organization is gonna. I think gonna have some big changes this summer. Yeah, especially if they look to try to see if they can trade Kawhi. And I know they said that they weren't going to, but uh, they they're probably at least gonna field offers. Right. Yeah, sticking in the Western Conference, you know, I want to talk a little bit about a team that I thought, uh, you know, back when the draft happened, that this was going to be the team to to beat. And, and I thought this was going to be the team that was going to compete against the Warriors, not necessarily the Rockets. I really thought that uh, the Timberwolves were going to be better than what they've turned out to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, uh, it was, it's, it's, yeah, I really thought the, uh, the Rocket series would be a little closer uh like I, I i thought it would go at least one more game but uh i don't know they just the the, the timberwolves just didn't play well as a team they they weren't utilizing like they weren't utilizing all their weapons properly they they have cat which is who's an all-star center and they like after uh the rockets would switch up on him he would have like a th- like a couple feet advantage or probably like at a least foot a, yeah probably like a foot uh he would have a foot advantage and then he would just run to the like corner three and just put, like stay there i was like it just didn't make any sense to me so i i mean they definitely deserve to lose that series yeah, ultimately, I think they were outclassed on a coaching level. I always loved Tom Thibodeau and what he is for his grit in terms of defensively, but he definitely needs someone that's going to fix offensively because, man, they looked really bad. I mean, if your go-to play is, you know, either get a fast break or go up the court, give the ball to Andrew Wiggins on a wing or give the ball to Jimmy Butler on a wing, make him use up like 16, 17 seconds and then heave up a shot. That's not any recipe for success in the NBA unless you have a guy like James Harden who can regularly just hit step back three-pointers. Uh, you mean travel. And travel, probably, but still. Uh, I don't know I don't know what the, this team does anymore, though, because they're kind of locked into these this, this big three that they have, quote-unquote. I don't know if I would necessarily consider Wiggins as part of a big three, but they just signed him with an extension or a new contract, whatever it was. And it's a lot of money, so it really straps their flexibility. Right, yeah. I, I mean, I, I hope that the Timberwolves can uh, trade Wiggins in some way. Uh, I don't know who would want to sort of take on that sort of contract. With uh, Like, being a number one pick, like, so far, he hasn't sort of lived up to that. Although he's been better than a lot of other ones, right? Like Anthony Bennett and uh, yeah, you know, Barniani. He's been better than those guys, I would say. Yeah, I mean, he's not like a complete bust. But yeah, he's just... Like, everyone thought he was going to be like the next LeBron coming in. So, like, no one really thought that about like Anthony Bennett or like Andrea Barniani. <laughs> yeah, man, you know, you know what I just realized? If he had become the next LeBron James, they probably would have called him King of the North. Right? Because he's, he's from Canada, King of the North? No? You don't think so? Yeah. That would have been like the awesome, the best nickname. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess if he was playing in Toronto, it would have been even better. Mm, whatever. 
Nah, it's gonna be RJ Barrett, dude. RJ Barrett. Maybe we'll find out. He does have a. He's the god. He's、uh, the godson of Steve Nash, and God knows I loved watching Steve Nash play. So if RJ Barrett is even half as exciting, I'm gonna love to see him at Duke next year, and then probably in the NBA the year after that. Yeah, definitely. So what's the、uh, now? You know, round two has already started for some people. What series、yeah. are you most looking forward to? You know, I was really looking forward to the Pelicans、uh, Warriors series.、Uh, just, I, I was very surprised at the Pelicans like sweeping uh, uh, Portland. That was like I, 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 I had a feeling the Pelicans would win, but I thought it was going to be a much closer series. And the the way like Drew Holiday,、uh, Anthony Davis was incredible, and playoff Rondo just he's so, he's just another beast. And I, I really thought that they were playing well defensively, but then the Warriors just came out and just torched them. That was that was very interesting to see. It、and、just goes to show you that when people think the Warriors are out of it, you know they're they're still the team to beat, in my opinion. I know.、Are. Yeah, and and yeah, and like they didn't even have Steph Curry, who's coming back in Game Two now, and that just adds another like. Weapon to the arsenal, and yeah, I mean more than a weapon, right? I mean, this、yeah. is Steph Curry. You're talking about probably the best shooter to ever play the game, and he's coming back. And、uh, I hope the Pelicans can do something, but I I think the Warriors are getting healthy at the right time rather than getting in like getting hurt at the right time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They they definitely are. I think I'm most excited to watch the Raptors Cavs series, and that. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's gonna be a really good series, especially because I think that if the Raptors are ever gonna take this,、uh, you know, take throne take from,、race. yeah, take the reins from LeBron, this this is the year where LeBron has a weaker team. LeBron is tired. LeBron has worked really hard. The Raptors are <coughs> a more complete team this year than probably in the past. I think what I'm really excited to see is OG Adnobi trying to guard LeBron. <coughs> Listen. Thank you. What do you, what do you、yeah. think? What do you think about that? Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting seeing this rookie go against、uh, like the greatest player ever. But wow, greatest player ever! I see how well, you where you fall on that.、Uh, yeah, I mean, I I guess I, I I sort of misspoke. The greatest player in the world right now. Okay, fair、uh, enough. I, I don't I don't think he is the greatest player ever, not yet, but. He he still got a while to go in his career.、Um, I'd say I'd say at least like four or five more years for LeBron. Well, he wants to play with the Suns, so yeah, his son his son's starting to. He think he's like thirteen or something now. So you know, if he stays five more years, then there's a chance that he and his son will play together. Bron Bronny, right? Yeah, I think so. So that'll、yeah. be cool to see. It will be. <laughs>、uh, what what team do you think is in the most trouble heading into the second round? I think the Celtics are in the most trouble.、Uh, they're going against like a huge,、uh, like just an incredible Sixers team right now. That、uh, Joel Embiid and Simmons are just two incredible dynamic players. That、uh, the Celtics are now like to,、uh, Jalen Brown got hurt in Game Seven and just adds to the injury list that they. Already piled throughout the、uh, season, 
And I think it's going to be really hard for them to pull off a win in that series. I think these two teams are the teams of the future in the Eastern Conference. I don't know what LeBron's going to do in this offseason. I think having won this series may make him more likely to stay in Cleveland. I'm not really sure about that. But I think, you know, Philly has all these guys that are on the up and up. Celtics are going to get two all-NBA talents back next year. And I think, you know, their window is a little bit shorter than Philly's. But uh, I think next year and the year after that and the year after that, I'm, I'm excited to see these two teams battle. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely going to be uh, those two teams that are uh, going to be just the top like the top teams in the East, and it, it I sort of hope they uh, revamp this whole East versus West thing. Uh, I just think the the West has just so many better teams right now. Do you but... think they should go through one through sixteen seeding? Yeah, I, I I do think that'll be a good change of pace because uh, uh, like this this year uh, in general, from seeds uh, what three to like Nine. ten, three ten. to ten in the uh, West was it was just like like a game and a half apart like uh, and in the in the in the East this year. Uh, I think like the nine and ten seeds were just as like good. They they were better than like the seven and eight seeds in the East. Yeah, maybe. Although uh, I, you know, you got to give credit to the Wizards. I don't think the Wizards are as bad as they were this year. And you know, the uh, yeah, I don't think they were as bad as everyone thought that they were. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was just reading an article today about the Wizards and. Uh, John Wall said there's like big changes coming. I wonder if that means he's gonna leave, or he's yeah. gonna, or he's gonna try to recruit Boogie, make that Kentucky connection. Mm, that would be interesting. Yeah. You don't think Boogie stays in uh, uh, in New Orleans? I, I don't really know. I think New Orleans has a lot. I, I think they should try to keep him, especially because he's coming off an Achilles injury. I think his value is gonna be lower, but. There's also a big man coming off an Achilles injury, and if he's asking for a lot of money, I wouldn't. I, as the Pelicans, wouldn't shy away, especially because they've shown that they can be elite without him. Mm-hmm. Right. But man, I'm pretty excited for this this next round. I think I always get sad after the first round of the NBA playoffs because you know in the first round of the NBA playoffs on the weekends you got four games, on the weekdays you got like two to three games, and yeah. now we're only gonna get one game tomorrow, I think. And you know, two games after that, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit less basketball, which I always hate because yeah. th- then I know that the some off season's coming, and the only thing good on would be baseball, which I don't even think is that good. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming in, talking to us about the first round. It's always great yeah. having great great having you on and listening to your opinions. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for uh, yeah having me on and. Uh, just let me be a part of this. <laughs> of course, dude. Look forward to speaking to you soon. Yeah, dude, definitely. Have All a good right, night. Man. Take care. Take care.